through time and across humanity, there is no consensus around what religion is. Augustine says that Christianity is the divine plan from a true God, while the Buddha acknowledges divine beings, yet balks at the idea of a creator and author of the universe. The prophet Muhammad insists that religious freedom, one's freedom to express his or her own religion, sits at the center of his faith, while Luther argues that the Bible contains God's plan for salvation, which is through mercy or grace, not works. Marx says that religion is the heart of a heartless people, the soul of a soulless nation, the opium of the masses. And Willie Nelson says that he does not know if it is he or God who guides his hand across the page as he writes one of his songs. What religion is is perhaps a question that we might all ask ourselves, me sitting in the role that I sit in. I have a somewhat cosmic kind of heady idea of what religion is. To me, it's a cosmology of relationship, relationship between God and us and between each other that is informed and driven by one of the craziest, most creative stories, spiritual stories written in the history of storytelling with a heaping, helping side of some peculiar practice. Today, we have the final episode of one of the craziest stories of all time. Not the gospel that you just read, but rather the piece that we have from the Hebrew scriptures is to some degree the final episode of Jacob's story. And if we read Jacob just from a place of neutrality, if we read his story from beginning to end, we get a sense that his story is like many stories, part of what sociologists and cultural anthropologists call the monomyth, a story that in some way or another emerges in all of cultures. It's what Joseph Campbell called the hero's myth or the hero's journey. And to some degree, Jacob's story follows that model. And yet there are some peculiarities that are important that inform who we are today here, 2023 Jackson, Wyoming. So let's just take a few beats of those stories until we get up to today's episode. If you remember the story of Jacob's conception and birth, you know that the vast majority of the story is a story defined in struggle. Jacob is both conceived and born in struggle. He is a twin. He is the second born twin. 
And the detail of the story says that he and his brother fight in his mother's womb until the day of their birth when Esau is born first, Jacob right behind him clutching his brother's heel. It is a story of an heir and a spare. And Jacob is that spare, though God seems curiously to favor Jacob. The next beat of the story we get, these two have grown to young adulthood, and Esau is described as strong and virile and hairy. He comes into the tent one day after a long day of hunting, famished. And Esau foolishly trades his birthright to his little brother Jacob for a bowl of red lentil stew. It's the first moment that we get a glimpse into Jacob's cunning, into the idea that though this kid may not be the ideal man, he is most certainly smart and a little bit wily, maybe more the coyote than the rabbit. The next installment of the story has Jacob and his mother conspiring to steal from Esau the last gift that he would be promised as the firstborn. Jacob and his mother dress Jacob up, covering his arms in skins from goats so that his father might think that he was his hairy brother, Jacob goes in to steal his father's deathbed blessing, something that belonged to Esau. In that moment, he then is pushed out of the place that he's known at home and goes to his mother's people where he meets his uncle Laban. If you remember, the next beat of the story is Jacob marrying two sisters First one, and then seven years later, another. He begins to do what we do in the first half of life. He begins to build an identity and a family and a business. He is, through God's divine providence, God's divine hand, as the story tells it, he becomes an exceedingly successful sheep rancher, grabbing the... the the goats from Laban's herd through this crazy deal that he cooks up that God directs about goats that are speckled and goats that are not speckled. And Jacob grows to be a strong force in the area, in the region. The episode that we have today has the first anticipated encounter between Esau and Jacob since Jacob swindled his brother out of that deathbed blessing. And you see Jacob using his cunning, conspiring to keep things safe. He takes his two wives, his 11 children, his whole entourage, and all of his livestock, and he moves them across the river Jabbok, creating a physical barrier between his brother and his own family. And then the story tells us 
that Jacob then moves back across the river, ready to greet his brother Esau in what is promising to be a showdown. But there he finds a man, or if we really look at the word from the Hebrew text, a messenger, or if we use another translation of that particular word from Hebrew, an angel. Jacob then engages the angel in one of the most cosmic metaphorical stories in between the two covers of the entirety of the biblical text. It is a wrestling match that is utterly symbolic, and we need to look at each beat of the struggle that is before Jacob on the banks of the Jabbok River. He engages the angel. They wrestle through the night, the night. I love that. They wrestle through the night until they reach a stalemate, and it seems as though Jacob is going to better the angel. The angel then pop, pops Jacob's hip out of socket. In the midst of struggle, in the midst of becoming who he was intended to be, Jacob experiences a wound. What does this wound symbolize? It symbolizes humanity's trajectory to become God for ourselves. The story through this wound is telling us that God is God and Jacob is not. That God is God and we are not. The next beat of the story is this curious exchange around his identity. The angel asks Jacob, what's your name? The angel is asking Jacob, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are, wounded and wrestling with God? And Jacob responds with that first half of life identity. I'm Jacob, father to these two, husband to these two women, father to these 11 children, head of this beautiful sheep ranch industry, the offspring of Isaac, the second born, the spare, yet cunning, the angel responds, no, that is not who you are. You are not Jacob. You are Israel. You are one who throughout his life has wrestled with God and prevailed and survived. You are not Jacob. You are every person. You are humanity you are one of the stars in the sky that Abraham was promised in that exchange between God when he said, your descendants will be more numerous than the stars in the sky. You, Jacob, are Israel. And then there is this beautiful third beat where the angel, the messenger, God and God's self takes Jacob, struggling and wounded, and blesses him. The end of the story says that the struggle diminished and Jacob 
walks away from the fight, but he walks with a limp, wounded, wounded, but renamed, re-identified. You see, this story of Jacob is not just Jacob's story, it's our story. Who do we say that we are? Humanity made in the image of God, born of struggle, wounded in our understanding that God is God and we are not, yet seeking a deeper, more profound life of blessing. How many of us spend our time trying to unbraid or dislocate ourselves, our lives, our relationships from struggle? And yet this story that is at the very center of Israel's story says that it is both struggle and blessing that define who we are as human people. You see, this is not a story about who is Jacob. This is a story about who we are, about who you are, about who I am, someone who struggles and someone who is blessed. As we push ourselves down into this story and we open our minds and our hearts to the metaphor that we find at the center of this text, we have to ask ourselves that question, who are we? So rather than asking ourselves that first question, what is religion? Perhaps we lean toward this question of identity. Who am I in the midst of both struggle and blessing? Most assuredly, you and I, as the story narrates, come to have some sense that we are eternal spiritual beings with a divine destiny in God's great universe. We are one of Abraham's numbered stars, and yet we walk with a limp wounded and struggling, wired and built for struggle, but worthy of God's deep and rich blessing. Amen.